Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hi, Dashiell. How are you? I'm doing great. You, you hesitated on the great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if you well, are doing great. it's still 2020. Sure. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, how good are any of us doing? We're doing great. But yeah, I'm happy to be here uh, sitting across from you and, and, uh, and, and hopefully have a light conversation about the episode that I got to watch. Hopefully, yeah, that would be the goal, uh, certainly on, on my end as well. Now, did you do your homework? The, the most fun question of the week. What if I said, fuck you, I didn't do my homework and, you know, would that be the end of the show? No, it wouldn't because I prepared a brief summary. So <laughs> in a sensical world, you might be the one doing the summary because it was your homework. But, you know, we're not living in that world. Like you said, it is 2020. Uh, so I'm glad you did do your homework, which was to watch The Gift. But in case you're listening and you didn't, uh, which is fine, uh, please allow me to briefly summarize what happened in the episode. Take it away. It is Mr. Testaverde's midterm week. Everyone's stressed out. Zach loses his ham radio to a bet with Slater. When he has Screech disconnect the radio from the roof, Screech gets struck by lightning, which he soon discovers lets him see into the near future. Zach uses Screech's power to win a double-or-nothing bet with Slater. Then, right before Zach is getting the questions to the midterm, Zach accidentally electrocutes Screech's powers away. Zach makes a bet with Slater that he's going to ace the midterm and plans a study date with Kelly. Jesse and Lisa crash the date, and Zach tells them all the questions he got from Screech. Screech tells Zach his powers are gone. Zach hatches a plan to keep Mr. Testaverde at home and have Belding deliver a midterm with Screech's questions, only it blows up in his face. Uh, Zach fails the midterm and becomes Slater's slave for a week per their most recent bet. The end. So in going through this episode, and you know, I've kind of asked you some questions about what you remember about specific things, but I'd just like to open it up by saying, were there any big memories that were rattled loose from watching this? Anything at all? Uh, no, not in this particular episode. There was there was nothing that I that I could point to that that I ah moments. Mm. No, not on this one. I really enjoyed this episode, though. It seemed more in line with uh, just being a light, fun. Um, dare I say, typical Saved by the Bell episode compared to the one we watched last week? Sure. Yeah, it is definitely light and fun, and it also is like one of the. Um, one like the paranormal episodes. It's like a little, it's a little out there in in uh, subject matter, which is which is fun. And and say by the bell has certainly some out there subject matter, but it doesn't always get into like the superpowers realm. Uh, so that was a it's a it's a fun one. This was written by Bennett Tramer, and I remember him being one of the more prolific uh, writers on our uh, show. Uh, Bennett, I believe, did uh, over a hundred of the new class as well. So he went on to to co executive produce for that. Um, I do remember him um, more than some of the other writers. No offense to the other writers. I guess I shouldn't say that, but uh, well, it's my memories. Um, but uh, I, I do remember Bennett. I don't remember this director. This director was not Don Barnhart. Not Don Barnhart. A rare not Don. Yeah, a rare not Don Barnhart. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, I just uh, I feel like this was a, a very formulaic. Uh, episode for us um, where Zach has to kind of dig his way out of uh, the mess that he's made. But I enjoyed it. I, re I really en enjoyed the, the cast in this. I, 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 this is the younger version of us um, because we shot these out of order. Uh, my hair was, uh, you know, still uh, uh, the, the dye job just cracks me up um, because I, I remember the process that I, I used to have to go through. And this particular process um, was a cap that they used to put on my hair, on my head. 
and the cap has tiny little holes in it and they take this little pick and they pick out little pieces of your hair. Uh, so you look kind of like a porcupine under this cap and then they put the, the compound on your, you know, the, the dying compound on your head and then they let that sit and you go under a hairdryer and then they take that cap off and then you go wash it and voila. And that's, that's the magic of that's Zach the magic. Morris's hair. So with shorter hair, you can kind of see my hair has sort of like a game, a game bird look, like a, like a pheasant in the back look. And that's because of this, um, this cap that they used for, for dyeing my hair because I know it's crazy, Dashiell, but that wasn't my natural hair color. You know, you keep saying that, but I, I don't believe you. And, and the more you say it, the less I believe you. So yeah. I, you can keep saying it, but it's, it actually has the opposite <laughs> effect, which, which I don't believe is intended. But I, you know. So f- for four years, I had to sit uh, every two weeks uh, and get my hair done. I had to get my hair did. It's a living. You know, it's a paycheck. That it was. Um, you know, it was. we didn't get paid the big dollars like, some of our primetime um, peers, but, um, you know, we got to understand this was Saturday morning. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because this episode was actually Friday night. I, I had to kind of follow the, the numbers here, but you premiered on a Sunday. Sunday, then a Friday. No, then you had a, I was confused. Then you had a Saturday morning. Then this was Friday night. And then you had an episode immediately the next day on Saturday morning. So they like stacked you one, two on a Friday, Saturday. So you're saying the Lisa card, which we reviewed last week. Yes. That was on a Saturday. That was not a Friday night, like you initially had said. Correct. Yeah, I got my numbers confused. Oh, I, I know. It's, it's, it's amateur hour over here. I'm, wow. I, you know, I wish I could say I'm sorry, but I'm just, uh, I'm just doing my best. It's 2020. Wow. So this was a Friday night show. Yeah, this was a Friday night episode, which is interesting because it definitely is one of the more um, like Saturday morning kind of feels yeah. to it. Um, you know, it's like... Struck by lightning, you get superpowers. It's it's basically a, a comic book show. Um, and yeah, it was Friday night. Well, I, all I saw was that, that the cast was having a lot of fun in this particular episode. I know we open up in the hallway. Uh, right away, we see the twins. Twins alert. There's a, there's a lot of extras that, uh, that, we, that we have become familiar with. Um, and we'll get into that later on in the season. Um, things that stood out to me was in this particular episode was, uh, Dustin Diamond, um, almost on the verge of breaking character in, in specific scenes. And in this one, we do this, uh, water balloon, uh, gag. And, uh, by the way, did anyone notice how Mario's holding those water balloons? I, I didn't. He seems like a pro. Is, oh, That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's the hold of a man who's held many water balloons before? I'm not saying a word. Okay. I'm just, I, I, I kind of got a chuckle when I saw him like fondling those water balloons. Oh, okay. I see where this is going. If you know all where right. I'm going with that. But anyway, going back to Dustin. So he almost breaks character when he gets hit by these water balloons. And that's a thing I'll point it out in a few other scenes, uh, when, when, when we get to them. But, uh, Dustin, you know, it, we were just, we were having fun. We were, we were, we were kids. Yeah. You're playing with water balloons at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's work, but it's still fun. And that is a, uh, that, that opening scene is, is a nice insight into sort of the gambling that goes on at Bayside. There's like a lot of gambling, like over the course of series, you will find all kinds of bets and wagers. And this one seems to be on like a water balloon quick draw, which seems like a, a very specific odd game that they're, they're playing every morning. But, uh, Zach is like a good friend to screech in this moment. He is, it, he he shows mercy. He refuses to to pelt him, um, even though Screech was like in cahoots with Slater, which I thought was 
was funny. They're like doing like a racketeering scam on like a reverse scam on Zach. Yeah. And then Slater sort of pays uh, Screech like he's on a corner and he's, he just made a score. I don't know if you noticed that one where he, he gives him the money and he looks around and then he kind of like walks, slinks off. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like illicit activity. Like yeah. you're not supposed to be dealing in money and gambling and throwing water balloons. And again, I know you didn't go to a, uh, an actual school school, like most people think of school, but I, I promise you there was there was n- almost no water balloon throwing in the morning uh, from what I can remember of high school. I'm sure there was zero tolerance for gambling as well. There was actually at my high school for a brief glimmer of like two months, an underground blackjack ring that like <laughs> exploded and had to be shut down by the administrators as like- Is this the school that I know you went to? This is the school you know I went to. Oh, wow. A real thing happened. And wow. the, there had to be like an announcement, like a, like a school-wide announcement that like debts are forgiven because <laughs> some kids got in like way too deep. It was a, it was a whole thing. It it was uh, quite a moment in time. So there, I actually did experience some high school gambling. Oh, that's amazing. Zach Morris would have loved it. He would have been all over this thing. He would have had all kinds of juice going in the streets and yeah, it I'm would not, have been great. I'm not a big gambler. I, I've never been a big gambler hmm. in my life. I've, I've, I, I really don't like throwing money away. Sure. Yeah. No, it's not a, it's not fun to lose money in almost any capacity. Yeah. I, I just don't like to lose and then to lose money on top of that. I, I, I mean, I've gambled a few times, but maybe, I mean, I, I could probably say over the course of my life, I may have gambled between a thousand and two thousand dollars my entire life. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's like uh that that could just be one bad afternoon in, in Las yeah. Vegas. So very quickly after actually yeah, I, no, like one I just think minutes. of like what I can do with thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. Right. And I just uh you know I, I I'm not a very good I, I, I like the game. Yeah. Um when Texas Hold'em was big about ten years ago, you know, I, I really loved playing the game with buddies and and things like that, but for for low stakes. But uh I, I enjoy the physics of it all, but I don't, I don't enjoy the aspect of losing money. Well, once again, a testament to your acting because Zach sure does seem to relish this thing. <laughs> I did notice in this scene um, that Mario missed his mark hmm. uh, while he's talking to me uh, at the lockers. Uh, my face is completely shadowed. And what that means is someone missed their mark. Now, I couldn't have missed my mark because I was just standing there and Mario came in and walked towards me. Um, the process is on a Thursday, we do a, a rehearsal of all these scenes and the camera department is there. The electricians are there, the lighting department, and we put marks out for every actor where we need to stand. So the camera knows where we're going to be. And the lighting is set up for that specific uh, um, scene. Um, if you miss it, you will shadow somebody. And that's what happened in, in, in that scene. No one else probably notices it, but I, I noticed that my face was completely shadowed while Mario was talking to me. Well, I, I certainly- I'm still upset by it, Dashiell. I, I don't like to be overshadowed. No, I mean, I wasn't going to ask if you're over it because I, I know the answer. <laughs> um, but no, I, I did not notice that. That is a that is a very interesting like eye for technical stuff that I wonder if you're the only person who's that laser focused in on what's what's going on there. You know, I've always been that way in my entire career. I, I, I think I talked in the previous episode about the red light and uh, and being very aware of when you're on and when you're not on, um, knowing your angles. You know, I, I'm still like that to this day. It gets in the way sometimes because I'm hyper aware of everything that's going on set. Um, but it's the way that I, I, I think Saved by the Bell specifically train me to be that because it is so technical. There are four cameras on set. And like I said, there's a director in a booth and he's telling the technicians in this booth when to 
go to camera number one, when to go to camera number three. Um, and it's a very orchestrated dance uh, uh, when you when you do these uh, specific four-camera sitcoms. Yeah, and a lot of people's time can get wasted very quickly if, if you're not on point. Yeah. Well, so you, uh, you lose to Slater. You lose a ham radio, which is a whole other... That's a whole other thing. Why why Zach loves his ham radio and his his show he broadcasts as Elvis to to someone in, in who speaks up in German. Uh, did you catch that? I did catch that. There, there's a there's a, a bit of uh, a bit of German. Yeah, like in it's, this, they basically establish a world where where Zach Morris is like pretending to be Elvis on a ham radio and also had to learn German for it, <laughs> and they never really like why was he doing this or. I, I'm also confused why Elvis is so important to these kids. Like we've, we're, I think we're at our third episode and Elvis has been mentioned almost every single one uh, or like referenced in some capacity between like Belding's dancing and uh, just, just the writers really seem to be leaving their, their love of Elvis all over the show. Yeah. And so in your bedroom, Screech gets struck by lightning, which is a, it should be a serious thing. You would think that if someone outside your window got, got struck by lightning, it would be you'd probably go to the hospital, but Screech, Handles it like a pro. Did you notice that there was thunder and then lightning? Like the noise and then the flash, you mean? So I I, I hear the thunder and I go, Screech, Screech, there's a storm coming. Mm-hmm. Isn't it supposed to be lightning and then thunder? Like the lightning strikes and then it takes a while for the sound to hit your ears. Correct. Because don't you do that whole thing where you count and then depending on how many seconds, that's how many miles away it is approximately. This might shock you, but I don't spend a ton of time outdoors. Oh. So I haven't quite learned that's lightning. Shocking. Yeah, shocking, no, I, I said it, I'm glad you were sitting down. Yeah, but it, it, I believe the flash would come first and then the noise. Mm. Um, but because it's television, thunder right. came before the lightning. Well, you want to prime the audience to realize. So yeah, you want to hit them with the noise and then the big flash and it's a big special effect. Screech comes down with his hair. And it's fun. And he gets a big reaction from the uh, the live audience. And this is another moment where I feel Dustin is almost about to break character. Uh, he comes out with the, with a pretty big grin on his face that made me chuckle when I saw him because I, I I this happened quite a bit with Dustin by the way he would he would find things funny while we were filming that were not in character. Yeah, it kind of works though, just because Screech is like an oddball or like a, yeah. he's like goofy. So if he's yeah. kind of smiling and it, like it it plays, but yeah, that is that is funny to pick up on. Uh, and Screech gets his superpowers and. He saves your life. He he uses his powers to save Zach's life in the hallway when a, a light almost falls on his head. And uh, I wanted to point out for a minute that Electrician is played by Roger Reinhardt. And I took the time to look up Roger Reinhardt. And what stood out to me is this one guy who did, I think, nothing else on Saved by the Bell. He was a session director for casting auditions. He's worked with the Coen brothers. He's worked with Ridley Scott. But before that, he dropped a light in the halls of Bayside. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, thought that was a neat fact. Also, from his IMDb bio, his other love is singing and writing blues music, and he has an awesome band called the Blues Zone Band. And I'm inclined to believe he wrote that bio, because I don't know who else would call someone else's band awesome. He also <laughs> says he likes to spend time with his awesome family. <laughs> so uh, in addition to dropping lights and working with the Coen brothers, he, he writes his own bio on IMDb. Nothing wrong with that. Are you offering to write his bio? Certainly not. I mean, I, 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 mean, I do have the time, but I'm not offering, no. But I'm sure his band is awesome. Go check him out. I'm sure they're great. In this particular scene too, I just, I, I thought my, cla- the classic wardrobe for Zach, uh, the, the, the high top sneakers, and uh, the rolled up jeans or the pants with a little cuff at the bottom uh, with a 
large button down shirt open with a t-shirt under it. I thought that was, that's like a, the, the classic image of Zach. Yeah. If you were doing like a, like a costume party kind of thing, you could, yeah. you would, you could totally nail it. Yeah. And, uh, wasn't happy about the dirty Converse though. Hmm. So I had dirty white shoes. I don't think that that's a thing we do nowadays. And I don't think I did it later on either, but that first season, for some reason they put me in dirty Converse. Hmm. Well, now they're kind of back in style. I think like all the fashion of Bayside would would work now. Like if you look yeah, at what people are wearing. Yeah, but I'm not wearing. sure dirty shoes, like dirty white shoes. I think because, you know, on sets, we, this is another thing, is that white uh, kind of pops on on screen and, and they sort of tone it down. I think they, they tone my shoes down a little too much. So they said- my opinion. They were like, your shoes are, uh, they're, they're upstaging you. We're going to take them out back and, and hit them with some dirt. Plus you don't want new shoes to look new, so you- you scuff them up a little. I don't know. Now, now, now you get big, people pay big bucks for those type of shoes. Yeah, no, distressed clothing. You were ahead of your time in, in a lot of ways there with with distressed fashion. Um, and then we're in uh, we're in Mister Testaverde's midterm. Say his name again. Testaverde. You say Verde. I say Verdi. Is it Verdi? Then I say in the hallways, I go Mister Testaverde. That sounds about right. Maybe I'm thinking of. I mean, you're saying it maybe the proper way, Verde. Well, yeah, I have some salsa Verde at home, so I think maybe I'm I'm like thinking of my salsa Verde. But I, I'd have to look back. But I thought I said Mister Testaverde. That does sound right. What you're saying sounds correct. You're just putting flair on it. You're trying to upstage me. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a fresh pair of sneakers right now, <laughs> uh, and you're about to. I'm gonna scuff you up. Yeah, no, we yeah we're recording this in the room where you practice karate, so I I <laughs> I, have, I have no shortage of evidence. How dare you, karate? It's jujitsu. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Jeez, pardon, pardon me. Karate. What, what is this, the 80s? So, Mr. Testaverde, which now does sound right, uh, another fun little fact about this guy, John Machida Jr. Uh, did you happen to look him up at all? I did look him up, and I did recognize him immediately when I when I saw this episode. I was like, oh, there's the guy, the Micro Machines man. The Micro Machines guy, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the FedEx guy. The FedEx guy. And we knew that while we were filming. I remember... Uh, he was such a nice guy, really, really genuine, um, just a sweetheart. And I, rem- I, I remember us getting him, um, you know, just to, to, to say this and do that. And, and he was, he obliged. I mean, he was just, he was a, he was a, he, he, he knew he had a gift and he was sharing it and, and it was all light and fun. And um, yeah, I just have really good memories of, of John. Yeah, he is, he is or was the Guinness record holder for the world's fastest talker uh, with the ability to say 586 words per minute, which is unfathomable to me. And there are other people who have who have apparently claimed the record, but John disputes that claim, according to Wikipedia. He disputes that anyone is able to talk faster than him. He he just doesn't believe it. Yeah, I, I went into a deep dive when I saw uh, his his name on on this uh, particular episode, and and a um, lot of lot of things you can catch on YouTube. Um, he does dispute it because I guess what they do is he they do it and then they they slow it down. Um, what he said in a specific machine, and I, 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 you know, I don't know what they used back then, but uh, they slow it down, and every word has to be uh, clear and pronounced right. Um, but he also, uh, he did, uh, uh, a rendition of, uh, Michael Jackson's bad. Um, that's on, that's on YouTube as well. Uh, just really interesting. I mean, that was a big thing, I think in the eighties to be able to talk fast. It was like a new thing. I remember the guy from, um, police Academy. Right. With all the voices, like things like that were novel back then. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, he could be like, uh, if he was like a kid doing that now, he'd probably be like blowing up on TikTok, being like able to talk super fast. <laughs> but again, I think this goes back to your point of the like the whole cartoon direction that yeah, we were no. trying to 
corner. Totally, that 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 energy. And again, a voice that kids would be familiar with from toy commercials. And he was also a voice in Transformers. And they they really max out these teachers as characters. Uh, but unlike some of the other teachers who we've met and will meet, uh, this is a one and done. He is he is only in one episode. And he, boy, oh boy, does he does he make it count. He delivers. Yeah, it's too bad. He was really good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're in act two. And we have uh, another girl's locker room scene, which is just kind of to set up how all the girls are really stressed out about this midterm, especially especially Jessie. Her, her character really shines as just perpetually terrified of not getting an A. The only thing that really stood out to me about this scene is the cautionary tale that someone who did not ace Test Verity's midterm, uh, the quote is, Today, she teaches English to foreign parrots. Like, that's how wrong your life can go. <laughs> I rewound that a few times because I couldn't understand what you, I didn't know if it was parrots, mm-hmm. as in the bird, right. or parents. Parents would make more sense, but parrots is like the, just the most outlandish thing you can tell someone, and that's what scares Kelly into studying. She's like, I don't want to teach languages to birds. I better take this midterm seriously. Oh, you writers. Oh, you writers. And then we're back in the hall and, uh, you know, Zach uses his, he uses Screech's powers to win a double or nothing bet with Slater to get his jacket. Uh, and that's when we get that callback, uh, where like the, the German listener like calls in on his radio. It's just, I, it is so fun and silly and it's such a quick little joke. It, it really is. It's good. I like it. Well, it's also, uh, Slater made a reference of a German girl, uh, earlier on while he, while he says, uh, uh, you know, when he's on the stairs and he's, he's making the wager and he goes, uh, the German uh, gymnast, hmm. she really flipped over me. A lot of Germany going on. A lot of love for Germany in this episode. Yeah, all right. We love to see it. And then uh, then you get that scene with Screech and Belding, which is like, it almost has like a who's on first energy oh, to this it. was comedy gold. Yeah. It really was. I mean, this is a really well done scene between uh, two actors. And one of them is like a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And he, his, his timing is on point. Uh, it, 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 and a huge reaction from the audience. Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure that the, the younger, uh, participants in the audience would have understood the in-laws joke, but their parents sure got it. Yeah. I mean, the whole scene, which is again, is super funny and the way they bounce off each other is great. It, it is just like a setup to a mother-in-law joke, which yeah. is like such like a, again, these writers, this like adult, like Screech doesn't know the hassles of a mother-in-law visiting, but when you're a when you're a TV writer, perhaps that's what's on your mind, and you you put that in the episode, and it uh, it gets a big laugh at the end of the scene. I think a lot just Screech's face, like Dustin's oh, face at the end. I was just saying that's in my notes because I write notes, Dashel. You're taking notes. I, no, I took notes because this is a classroom, and and I have the, I feel like I, this is a test every week. Uh, but no, in my notes, I, I put uh, Dustin's reaction is brilliant. That look on his face, um, I'm not sure if he was about to break right there, um, but it just plays so well. And he's, he's, he's really good. They're both, they're really good in, this, in that scene. I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, re-watching these now, like I have, uh, I'm, I'm immediately picking up sort of all these like little belding kind of bottle scenes that take place in his office that just kind of work to like, 
really to show uh, Dennis as as a comedy actor, they're a lot of fun. They're there's some of the more joyful uh, parts in the whole episode. These like these moments when you're just in Belding's office for a fun bit for a few minutes. Yeah, and for me watching Dennis, um, I feel compared to me in a lot of the scenes and and some of us and uh, some of the other cast, I feel like Dennis is much more refined uh, as an actor. Um, his his comedy is much more on point. Um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy watching him on screen. That's great. And then, uh, then we get another scene at the max. And so what stood out to me about this is like the, the nature. Well, first of all, you're the, the Zach Morris phone shows the phone. up. For, yeah. The phone. Is that how the phones work back then? Cause I don't remember which where you pull on the antenna and then you push on the antenna to stop a call. Oh, like, was it like the flip phones where you could like, yeah. Does he extend the antenna in the scene? Well, he does in another scene. Sure. It's- but is that how those phones worked? See, cause here's the thing. While we were filming this, I knew no one that had that phone. I didn't know how a, a mobile phone worked. We had a car phone at one point um, because like I said, we would drive to auditions and that was a useful thing for us to have was a phone in the car. Yeah. But it was attached to our car. You couldn't take it out. This was next level, having something that you could take out of the car um, and make a phone call pretty much anywhere. But I don't remember how those things work. Like you'll see in the next scene or that I, uh, in a few scenes later in the locker room with with Screech where I pull on the antenna and I push on it to stop a call. That feels... Uh, yeah, like I wonder. I don't think that's how those phones work, but I also don't know. I mean, we should probably we should probably track one down. <laughs> and I'm going to chalk it up to no one showed me how to use that phone before we started filming because I, I don't think anyone knew how those phones worked. It's just here's a phone. Go ahead and use it. Yeah, no, it was a um, it was certainly very cool. Like as a as a viewer at the time to see a kid with a cell phone like that. I mean, that's part of the reason it's become kind of iconic because it is like such a luxury item and such a, like a new techie thing. To, to have that and to use it for so many schemes that that's why I think people latched onto it so much. Like, holy crap, this this kid has his own phone. So I spill water on the phone. Yeah, do you want to explain it to I me? I had a hard time understanding what was going on here. So Screech has these powers, but then I spill water or a juice on the phone while he's holding it and that's what shocks him? Right, so as the scene would have you believe... Screech is like holding the phone and then you spill it or it's in like the reach across the table. It looks like a, a juice or a some kind of beverage and it it zaps him. Like he gets electrocuted. I I don't think that's how that would work, but sure, why not? He gets electrocuted and uh, that unbeknownst to Zach is just removed his powers. Electricity brought them and it'll, it'll take them away. Again, one of the more like, this is probably about as out there uh, in logic as the whole series gets, that there's like psychic powers derived from lightning <laughs> that that uh, teen gets that are then disappeared by soda. Um, and yeah, so then, so Screech has now lost his powers in a way that sure, we'll, we'll allow it. And then he makes another bet with Slater uh, just to keep this this hot streak going that uh, that he'll ace the midterm, which just seems like showboating at this point. He's already He's already got the guy's jacket. And he also makes a plan to study with Kelly, a like thinly veiled uh, study date in his room. And on that study date, you get to see some of your dancing. It seems like a little bit of that dancing you learned in Dancing to the Max, you kind of like twirl Kelly there for a minute. And it looks like that choreography uh, well, is really paying for uh, itself. According to your logic, though, I don't think that that, um, I don't think that our timeline is off um, because 
Dancing to the Max was shot way later than this particular scene. Oh, so you're yes. saying that was like I was older Zach in Dancing to the Max. This is young Zach. So the so you already had the dancing within you. You just needed it to be awakened. I think I I think I was also yeah, I don't I I I don't remember any I don't remember being as inhibited uh um by this dancing as I was in dancing to the max. It's a quick one. It's just like This a, is a quick one. Yeah. You, you just kind of like fling her around back and forth on this uh this like yeah. study date trap uh that you have set which uh And I get away with saying things in this scene like sit back, close your eyes and relax your body. Uh I just said that and I got chills. Yeah, I, I almost I looked for the door. I, yeah. I wanted to make sure there was an exit nearby. 14-year-old me or 13-year-old me uh, it comes off as adorable. And then look at him going in for a kiss while she, her eyes are closed and she's just sitting there. Isn't that what you do? It's like Sleeping Beauty or something, oh, right? God. Or uh, Snow White. Does that happen? In that Disney had a lot of that stuff. Of just like, Don't do this at home, kids. Yeah, don't do it anywhere. No, this is- I mean, yeah, literally no place should you be doing that. Not good. But back then, lots of fun. Different time. Moving on. And Jesse and Lisa crash the crash this thing and uh, Zach gives up his, his answers or- questions, I guess, that he got from Screech, so they know what to study, and then... Can we buy that bedspread somewhere, like at Target now, because they sell a bunch of merchandise for Saved by the Bell? That is the iconic bedspread. Yeah, when people think about, like, the colors and shapes and stuff, they're, they're thinking, I think, about the theme song and all the shapes that, like, fly at you, but certainly that bedspread is, like, the pattern. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure there's, like, a knockoff of it. I don't know if there's like officially licensed Saved by the Bell bedspreads out there, but there there should be. I wouldn't know. We don't get much for merchandise on Saved by the Bell products. Someone might hear this and start making these bedspreads. I'm, I'm always amazed at all the products that are out there. Uh, I go, wow, wow. Yeah, I sent you a, a picture of that cake. I, there's like a, so like yeah. supermarkets, have you, did you see that anywhere else before? Because I've seen like several pop up because just to give a, so people know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, I believe it's the Kroger supermarkets. They're selling like, birthday cakes with a Saved by the Bell logo on them. They're yellow and purple. And these, I, I, people have tagged me in several because I'm the Saved by the Bell guy, for better or worse now. And people are uh, confused. Like, why are these in supermarkets around the country right now? Yeah, why now? Whose idea was that? And who who signs off on it? It's like, you know what we need is put it nationwide. Roll them out. It was 30 years ago. Yeah, but I guess I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly and earnestly um, confused by it. But if you've had one and you would like to... Uh, Send us a review of these cakes, please. We would, by all means, love to know how they taste, what's going on in there. Uh, love to hear from you if you've eaten one of these Saved by the Bell cakes. I remember that in that scene while I was watching it, the um, the basketball hoop, the mini basketball hoop on the uh, the closet door. Uh, many, many hours of, of playing with that on set just to pass time. Right. It's a toy. I mean, it's a prop, but it's a toy. It was a prop. It was a toy. It was, it was used uh, for, for many... Many sessions of fun. I'm glad you mentioned basketball because in referencing, uh, we'd love to hear from the listeners anytime. I have just been uh, eviscerated over the first episode for not clarifying when I asked you what sport Zach plays that I would have also accepted basketball as an answer. Oh, I did? You did in one, in one episode. You did. You were about to play basketball and I neglected to say we also would have accepted basketball and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say Maybe once a day since that episode, someone will take the time <laughs> to track me down and say, 
You know, he also played basketball. So yeah, I know. He also played basketball. Thank you. Good. I'm glad they're keeping you honest, Dashel. Yeah, I mean, someone's You're supposed to. to be driving this. And the fact that you said that, you know, the Lisa card aired on a Friday when it really aired on a Saturday, that's, that's, you should be ashamed. I sh- I, oh man, that's the truth. <laughs> I should be ashamed. Uh, I love it. I love they're going after you. Uh, oh, they, they really are with great joy. And I'm sure now that I'm, now that I've acknowledged it, uh, I'm sure it'll only get worse. You suck. You're terrible. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm the one who has to live with it. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So after this uh, reveal that Screech is um, is not psychic and he does not have the answers and uh he should probably go to like a hospital and get an MRI, but <laughs> like he should probably be talking to a real doctor at this point, but that's okay. And you get Zach's phone again in the bathroom with this like bonkers scene where he's, he's like a, he's, it's a double phone scam of like calling Belding as, te- or calling Testaverde as Belding and then Verdi. Verdi. And then like, that scene is is nuts. Yeah, while I was watching this, I, the the first thing that popped in my head was Ferris Bueller. Yeah, and I thought of that scene uh, where um, you know they call Ed Rooney because uh, they got to get Sloan out of school, and it's Ed Peterson. Yeah, you know Rooney this is Ed Peterson. Cameron. Yeah, Bring, Cameron bringing it home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my when Zach gets on the phone. And he goes, uh, Mr. Tessaverde. It just it, it just brought me back to a a, um, a Ferris Bueller uh, the, 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 that particular call. Um, but I, I was I was giggling also because I'm hopping around uh, in this scene while I'm on the phone. I don't know why I'm hopping. I almost trip up Dustin as well too when he's coming out of the stall. Dustin almost goes down because I'm not walking in the scene. I'm hopping. Yeah, it's like some nervous energy. It's like it just kind of bouncing around kind of thing. It's I don't not- know. The, we talked about pre-taping uh, um, scenes. This had to be a pre-taped scene uh, without the audience. We must have done this before the audience actually got there uh, because of the stunt of the water. Um, all those, you know, we're not on, we're on a set and. Um, yeah, those were all hooked up to hose spigots, and uh, m- we must have done that before the audience got there. Sure, I guess that makes sense. You know, I don't want the uh, audience sitting in the spot. Which we enjoyed actually when we when we pre shot those things because we could actually watch it back uh, with the audience and uh, kind of enjoy it. 
um, for that for that moment that uh, we weren't actually filming. Yeah, it's like you're there with you don't get to be with an audience when they watch your finished product usually. Right. So you get to kind of experience that. That's what fun. Right. But I I I my, again, it, does that how is that how a phone like that works? Where like you the pull? extending and I I can see it now that you're describing it. I can kind of see the the motions of Zach's hand on the antenna. And I'm thinking of like cordless phones from the 80s and 90s you'd have in your home. You like you could easily it could be a model where you like you may have been using the same kind of body motions you'd use on a home cordless phone. Maybe, but even my dialing, my dialing was was not <laughs> You're critiquing your. I'm I'm critiquing my dialing. I I. You think your dialing I, acting I, was- as a director? I would have said, "Hey, uh, Mark Paul, can I call you Mark Paul, or is it Mark or is it Paul? Um, could you maybe click the buttons as if you were really dialing rather than what you're doing because that doesn't look real. Do it like you do it like a human. Do it like a human. Yeah, that's a good note to give an um, actor. Because I don't do it. <laughs> you do it like an alien. You do it like someone who's never seen a phone you before. You asshole. No, I didn't even notice it. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, know. I, I, look, I think you're- I don't dial like a human. Okay, we, we've just come up with that conclusion. I think you're overly critical on both your face shadows and phone dialing, but I, I love that you're, look at you, you're, you're really taking it seriously with, with doing your homework and taking your notes. Yeah, well. And I also like that Zach includes like, part of his scam is, is a, a bandana over the phone to like yeah. muffle, because like, test of, I, now I can't say his name. Now, 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 no way I say this teacher's name. Testaverde. Testaverde. Verde. It just it it all sounds like gibberish in my head now. Uh, the way Zach does his voice, he like puts a bandana over the phone. Like that's gonna make the difference because he has laryngitis. Maybe he's doing a uh, a scratchy thing. Like uh, yeah, like I guess. But then as soon as he he hooks Belding, he drops the voice. I don't know if you caught that. Like when he's like, and these are the mm. questions on the midterm. He just kind of says it in his. Plain old Zach voice. I blame this director mm, okay. for not coming up to me and saying, hey, can I give you a note now? Yeah. Stick you know, the landing. Or maybe I just told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, you were like, like- He came up to me and he goes, hey, look, you're dropping the character before the end of the call. And I was like, you know what? Go back to your booth. Yeah, is your name Don? Because I listened to one <laughs> director on this job. And if, if your name's not Don, you better get the hell out of my face. Take a walk. Yeah, take a walk, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so what happens to Zach's insanely clever plan? It, of course, just blows up in his face before they get to take the midterm. Uh, Mr. Testaverde shows up and- Why does he come to the classroom? Why didn't he just go straight to the bathroom? He comes running in the classroom as if the classroom is flooded. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he's like dressed like Super Mario or something. He's like, he's <laughs> yeah. really, he, he really had all that stuff ready to go. It's, it's like plumbing is his passion. No, he said plumbing is my hobby. It's again, it's a shame these characters get introduced and not explored further in later seasons because he really was like so on the spot with that. And most people, by the way, would not, even if I would imagine plumbing is your hobby, you wouldn't, like, it sounds like a disgusting mess. Like, is that really what you live for as a plumbing hobbyist? All questions I don't have the answers to, Dashiell. Yeah, me neither. But did you notice my eyeline when he came through the door? Did you notice? No, I didn't. You didn't? No. What what am I looking at? That's not an eye, that's not, if you, if, and I rewound this a few times, it's an odd place to look. He comes through the door. They cut to Zach for his reaction. I look what should be in the direction of Mr. Testaverde, mm-hmm. but it's off. That I'm, I'm not. I'm looking because I see Jesse's head, and I'm looking past that. So I don't know. I think that cut was wrong. Again, I don't know. Maybe it's the director. No, I. I I'm gonna get skewered by this guy. Yeah, he's gonna track you down. <laughs> he's gonna track uh, me down. Yeah, Don is a man of class. Uh, he's a gentleman, but this guy is. He's he's lawless, and he will find you for these words that you've said. And yeah, so you you get this uh, this scheme that blows up, which is again, like you said, this episode feels very formulaic and uh, 
kind of archetypal of, of what's Saved by the Bell and what people remember, which is Zach digs himself in and he almost digs himself out, but then he doesn't, gets in trouble. Because his phone gives him away. His phone. Yeah. The phone. And then the the plunger to the head. Yeah. I almost broke character there. I had a, a bit of a smile on my way up uh, from that phone. I mean, I hope he cleans those plungers in between hobbies. I thought about that now. I didn't think about that then. Yeah. I really didn't. Um to my to my recollection, I don't think I I thought about oh is that is that a, a you know a new plunger that we're using on my head? But it is something the current me thought of when I saw that plunger to my head. Oh, that. Uh, I mean, look at what they did to your new shoes. You think they're going to let a clean plunger on set? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But then they they uh, they they find the phone, and then Zach continues with his call. Yeah, they don't take the phone away. Right. They, and they let me con- conduct business as usual. Presumably part of like your expanding criminal enterprise. <laughs> and uh, I also like that they're, it, it's just kind of fun, like detective work on the, between, uh, between the two of, uh, between the two adults to realize they call each other by their first names, but yeah. this, this fraudster used their last names. I thought that was just like fun, fun little kind of like almost like Hardy Boys or something like, or Encyclopedia Brown. Just like, ah, we're going to solve this little riddle. Uh, I thought that was fun. And you lose the bet. And now your Slater is, uh, you're Slater's slave, and you order him a pizza, but it's really spicy. You really got the drop on Slater, and uh, that's it. That's the episode. Did you notice this last frame that they they froze on? I. Do you have your phone on you? Sure. Go as if you were to text me. Okay. All right. Great. Are you there? Uh, I am. Yeah. Okay. Now go to that little red symbol as if you were going to find an image. Okay. Right. Wait, the red sim. I'm, I'm at your like the info button. Oh, Dashiell, don't make oh, it so. Oh, I know, I know, difficult. I know what you're saying. I, I get it now. Sorry, I, it's my first time using a phone. Yeah, the little, the I little, get it, the little, the red like magnifying glass. Yeah, yes, I, yeah, I get yeah. It. Okay, yeah. Okay, now in find images, put Zach Morris. Okay, I see what's going on. Something. So you do this every day, right? This is all how you wake up. All the time, on. all day, every day. I I send all these images to all my friends. So when I do that, I actually oh I I don't think I see the same things you do because I have I have a. My first like two results aren't even say by the bell related. What? Yeah. Did you put in Zach Morris? I I did. I spent Z A C K. I spelled it right. Hmm. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Well, You're, that experiment failed. Yeah, I mean, we're you know, I I wonder if different people get different things based on like the gifts and images they use. Like if it's like a Well, this comes up on mine, this particular one right there. Yeah. Is that, and that's- That is the- That's the one. That's the, the freeze frame of this episode. I feel like the fashion of Saved by the Bell is still like so, like I feel like all these clothes are clothes you would see, if music festival still existed, I would see that guy there, but with a much smaller phone. You would see this at Coachella? You could easily see that, yeah, pink stripes, for sure. That <laughs> pretty much every, say, like any Saved by the Bell fashion, I feel like would, would work very well at Coachella. Way to end the show like that where the experiment didn't work. Well, you know, but that's that's what we're here for. The, the, the raw, gritty experience of- uh, searching for gifts on our respective phones and comparing notes. Now, I know you think this was the last Saved by the Bell episode that was ever made, but there's there's more. Really? There's so much more, including one for next week. What, what do you have for me? What's in store? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it's an episode called Fatal Distraction. This aired the next day, so on Saturday morning, and then this would be the beginning of your of uh, the show's, you know, rain on uh, on Saturday morning. They were done testing you on primetime. They give given people enough samples and it was a uh, time to time to see if it, you know, when the rubber hits the road, as they say. 
Do you have any guesses what Fatal Distraction might be about? It's a play on Fatal Attraction. A movie not for kids. Movie not for kids. Uh, maybe we get a, a, a reappearance by the teacher, Mrs. Wentworth, hmm. uh, the sex ed teacher. Maybe. Fingers crossed, maybe. Maybe wow. we have a fatal distraction there. Someone may have uh, skipped ahead a few chapters in their, in, their, in their homework book. Is that really what happens? I guess we'll just have to see. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll just have to watch season one, episode four of Saved by the Bell called Fatal Distraction. And again, if you're watching on streaming platforms, it's in season two. It's just a little confusing, but again, you should have really figured that out by now. And and send Dashiell lots of comments. Please, yeah, anything on you, social. Yeah, my handle is at MPG on Twitter. So anything you want to say, <laughs> please direct it there, and uh, I'd love to hear it. No, but I think it'd be fun to hear things that our listeners catch from watching these episodes as well. Yeah, no, I, I miss things all the time, and I'm frequently wrong about just across the board stuff all over my life. You're wrong all the wrong time. Wrong all the time. Yeah, that's a guarantee. So please point it out. I'd love to hear from it, and. Uh, Thank you so much, Mark Paul, for, for doing your homework and taking so many notes. I love it. And uh, thank you, the listener, for listening. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malingone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.